This episode of My Feminine Heart was filmed on location at CGA Law Firm in York, Pennsylvania. Welcome back, listeners, to My Feminine Heart, and welcome back, Haley Rohrball. I am your host, Cassandra Storm, and I am on location in a beautiful boardroom at CGA Law Firm talking to our expert on all things credit and debt. And in our last uh, podcast, Haley shared with us, we started to get into some real detail about medical debt and how do we fund extreme medical expenses. And uh, she had some phenomenal advice. I kind of cut her short. I'm like, this could be its own podcast. There is so much to share here. So one of the things that I um, loved that Haley said in the last podcast, which I'm going to lead her in on today, is when we're talking about transitioning and the cost of transitioning, you have the hormones, the surgeries, there's there's so much involved. People spend tens of thousands of dollars up and above $100,000. And then um, sadly, there is the other side of that debt if your life changes after transition. You know, if, you, if your marital status changes, if your employment changes. Um, but just sticking with medical debt alone, the one thing that really rang true is I love, Haley, last time you said whatever you do, do not go into your retirement fund to pay for your medical expenses up front. And I loved hearing that because there were certain things, and my mother's gonna hear this, that she beat into me. And the thing I was always raised on was like a volcano could erupt. You don't touch your retirement fund. Okay. Um, but there was a specific reason you said not to do that. And I'm, I'm gonna get you there. Uh, but also, you had wanted to say that in talking about medical expenses, as you're giving advice and talking about how you can kind of help people wipe the slate clean with certain medical expenses later, you are not encouraging them to go rack up a lot of debt to then go through bankruptcy. Like there's other ways to manage. Um, If you wanna change your life and having large medical expensive procedures is a part of that journey, there's ways you can do it without destroying your retirement and destroying your bank account. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So, Haley, I'll let you take over from there. <laughs> well, what I was saying in the last podcast is IRAs, 401ks, they're 100% exempt under the bankruptcy code, whether it is uh, federal exemptions or Pennsylvania. So in Pennsylvania, you can opt for either federal or state exemptions. We won't get into that now, but under any scenario, your retirement account is protected. Now, an inherited retirement account is different, but we won't get into that either. Just keep that in mind. Any financial advisor is going to tell you, leave your retirement account, don't touch it. Even if it is an emergency, leave it there because the time value of that interest is so much more than your needs today. So that is why I always say, leave it where it is. I can protect it where it is and we can deal with the medical bills and the credit card debt outside of that. Now, when it comes to medical bills, they are dischargeable in bankruptcy. It is one of the number one reasons why people come to me, whether they have had a transition or cancer or even a life change, like having a baby, these things can bring a ton of hospital bills. So one of the things that you and I were discussing are different 
resources in the medical community. So you have your big hospitals, you have around here, Wellspan, Memorial, UPMC, whatever it is now. These hospitals cannot deny you service, whether you owe them debt, whether you've discharged it in a bankruptcy, they cannot deny you service. One question I get very often is, uh, Haley, I have a private doctor who I prefer and who I favor and who I owe money to, and they're refusing to see me now that I've filed bankruptcy and included their medical bill in this. What do I do? Well, you can voluntarily pay that one doctor after filing bankruptcy. Bankruptcy does not prevent you from actually paying people or working out your debts otherwise. It prevents them from ever collecting against you. Now those little private doctors who aren't uh, state affiliated, who are just business owners themselves, they are legally able to stop seeing you. So what I do for a lot of my clients is help them set up some sort of payment plan post-bankruptcy with those favored doctors so that they can continue to go to them, which might be, you know, the case of people who are following this podcast. You might have that trusted doctor. You might even have that doctor on here one day Mm -hmm. uh, wondering what's going to happen with his medical bills. Well, in those cases, if he or she refuses to see you after the transition because you filed bankruptcy, we we will still get you into that place. We will figure out payment arrangements or how to get them to continue to see you, but you are protected by the bankruptcy in the way that they can never sue you for that debt. They can never come against you on your credit report or uh, even send you a demand letter would be a violation of the bankruptcy discharge. So it is a big concern that some people have when they have a favored doctor. To be honest, I usually just say, go find another doctor. But sometimes you can't. But sometimes, sometimes your you needs can't. are so specialized. Yeah. You know, and especially, you know, in certain areas, we're not a big city. We're in York, PA. Yeah. And there's like, what, one main dermatologist here. There's one ENT. Like, there's, you know, there's like the one yeah. big house of certain specialties. And even beyond that, you have to travel. And, you know, if you need to drive from here to, say, Philly or New York or D.C. to see a specialist, and you don't want to lose that relationship because the next specialist may be in Florida or maybe in L.A. And that's just, you know, you're you're then adding airfare and travel and hotel stays on top of those medical bills. Yeah. Yeah. So this is more of a cautionary tale from me to your listeners prior to filing a bankruptcy you don't want to have a pool of creditors and one favored doctor who you're sending all of your money to mm-hmm. that's actually called what what we refer to as a preferential payment you're preferring that creditor over the other creditors and the trustee in the bankruptcy the trustee is someone who is appointed by the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. He's He or she is a federal employee and they oversee bankruptcies. They will actually go after your favored doctor for the preferential payments you've been sending them. Oh, wow. If they're over $600. So you're actually not doing them a favor by sending that creditor payments and, and saying, screw all the others. 
you're not saying that you're just you're unable to pay it so don't pay anyone at that point leading up to the bankruptcy that would be my advice stop paying them come see me uh, we will get the case filed or go see another rep- reputable bankruptcy attorney. I Really, I just want to get the word out to people of what bankruptcy can do for them, mm-hmm. whether you come to me or not. Check it out. See what someone who is knowledgeable in this field can do for you. Go, Don't go to someone who's dabbling in it uh, because they may say, hey, pay that doctor before you file. It's okay. And then unbeknownst to you, the trustee goes and sues them for that money that you're paying them. And then they're pretty upset with you. And after the filing, you can voluntarily pay them whatever. Just don't do it beforehand. That's my cautionary tale. So I guess the big thing is you have options. Don't go into retirement. Yeah. That can be protected even in bankruptcy. Yes. You can maintain a relationship with your favorite doctor, but that still seems a little complicated. Like, you're giving good tips, but I would still say go see Haley first. Yes. Um, I'd like to ask you a couple more things. One, tangentially, you said, you know, and we're going to have people that are listening to this from around the country and around the globe. How far of a reach can you work with somebody? And where you can't work with somebody how do they know who's reputable and who's not? Do you have kind of like a top list of, or say tips to look at when you're trying to find a bankruptcy attorney? Tips, well, I am only licensed in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though I know the federal exemptions, I was able to move here from Florida after practicing there for seven to eight years and have an easy transition because it's federal law. Uh, There are also underlying state laws, and I can only file bankruptcies in Pennsylvania. Uh, First step would be get a referral, get a direct referral from us or another attorney you know uh, if you're going out of this state. In our firm, we have two of only 25 in the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania certified bankruptcy specialists. And right now I'm building- Wait, I'm sorry. So in the entire state of PA, there's only 25 bankruptcy specialists mm-hmm. in a state that is huge Absolutely. and has major cities like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. There's 25. Yeah. You're one of them. And I am not yet. Oh, you're not yet. But okay. I work for Larry Young, who mm-hmm. is one of them, mm-hmm. and Brent Diefenderfer, who is the other. We have two in this office. That's amazing. So if you think statistically, two out of the 25 here, and I'm working on my certified specialist uh, I guess certification is what you would call it but you have to practice for a certain period of time and have a certain percentage of your practice be bankruptcy so first get a referral if you're looking outside of Pennsylvania you can't use us get a referral Uh, and can they call CGA can they call absolutely get a referral okay so what number would somebody call Uh, My direct line is 717-718-8336. Call me directly. If we have someone that we can refer you to, we will give you that name. We will probably do a little bit of research if we don't know that person and make sure they're not dabbling in bankruptcy. I sit in on a monthly CLE 
to hear what cases. What is, I'm sorry, what is that? Oh, I'm sorry. A CLE is a, cert, uh, a continuing legal education course. Mm-hmm. And bankruptcy changes so often that I have to listen monthly to hear what big cases occurred in this month that might have changed the way that we practice bankruptcy law. If your bankruptcy attorney is not doing that, they are behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, monthly isn't even often enough for how quickly and how often the laws change. So they have to be constantly working in this field to understand it. There are attorneys in our firm who won't even touch bankruptcy even though they've been practicing law for 50 years. It's very specialized. You have to always be practicing in it to know what landmines to avoid. Well, and for our listeners who are tuning in as this is their first podcast with you and they missed the introductory podcast, um, I'd like to clarify that you know, you're know you saying that you have to spend a certain amount of time in the field as an attorney to become a certified specialist. But for those who don't know, you worked your way through law school and you were a paralegal for years. Yes. So bankruptcy is not a new field to you. Being an attorney is something you've only been for a few years because you've been actually in this field as a paralegal and an attorney for over 15 years, Yeah, right? And I usually compare it to a nurse and a doctor. The When you're in the hospital, who are you interacting with most? Who knows the most about you? The who nurse. knows the most about the medical procedures and can help walk you through that? That's what I did for over a decade, being the paralegal. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we joked that as paralegals, we keep our attorneys from just screwing up or missing deadlines. That's what a paralegal does. Now, I do all of that for myself. I have a huge support staff that I could not survive without because we are just so busy. But I can go use the copier. Mm-hmm. You know, I can make copies for my clients. I don't need to go find an assistant to You're do definitely it. not an Alita Silver Spoon exactly. attorney. <laughs> Um, I was elbow deep in it for 15 years. So I feel as if, uh, for example, tomorrow I'm presenting at the Pennsylvania Bankruptcy Institute in Mechanicsburg. I will be simulcast. Simulcast? Simulcast. I feel like we should be able to say that properly if we're on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I will be simulcast. No, Uh, no, no. So you're going to be broadcast. I'll be broadcast. Broadcast. That's it. That's a bit. But it's I've only been practicing as an attorney for less than three years. But I was chosen to do this because of my extensive experience. experience And I love that you were in two states. So you've done this on the Florida side. You've done this on the Pennsylvania side. But I feel like tangentially, I've taken you off on this course. And it was really important for me to to be able to share that with our listeners. And one, to know that very soon, I will be speaking to the 26th specialist in bankruptcy in the entire Commonwealth of PA. But back to the medical side. Um, so you know, we're talking about what happens to somebody after they have accrued a lot of medical debt. And we're talking about medical debt today. Here's a question for you. You know what? Sometimes life happens before we figure out where we want to take our life and before we're ready to make that bold step. So what if somebody is ready to transition and they are they're there and they are ready to do the hormones and the procedures and knowing all the cost of that coming, 
but they're your average worker. They yeah. may have student loan debt, car debt, mortgage, credit card debt. How could they even conceptualize taking on any more debt? Can somebody come see you before they begin these medical processes to help pave the way to make that an affordable, achievable dream for their future. Absolutely. We work on budgets all day, every day. Budget, budget, budget. So uh, there's two scenarios in your example. The first scenario is someone coming to me who wants to have these procedures done, Mm -hmm. but they have so much debt already that they have no disposable income after making their minimum payments on credit cards their auto loan payment, their mortgage payment or rent payment, and whatever the heck else is out there, they have no extra disposable income to even think about taking on these new medical bills and medical procedures. So what I do is I get rid of all of that extra weight so that they do have disposable income and it seems more attainable for them. So this is where a medical bill will be incurred in the future. But say they're, you know, for example, making $1,000 in minimum credit card payments, there's no way they're going to want to go out and incur more medical bills that they will just have to be paying. So uh, first of all, we look at budget. We look at uh, income. We also look at assets because what qualifies you for a bankruptcy Well, anyone can file bankruptcy. It just depends on which chapter you qualify for. Really, nobody's unqualified. And Uh, I'm sorry, and anybody can file bankruptcy? Anybody can file bankruptcy. There is no, uh, unless they've just filed it every month for the past four years. (laughs) You know, we call those serial filers. People really do that? Are you serious? Well, that's probably a little bit extreme. But there are people who will do it every, you know, eight years as soon as you're able to. Um, But really... What I do is help people afford the future, Mm -hmm. help people just clear out the past. So credit card debts, completely dischargeable. But if you're making a ton of money, if you have a ton of equity in your house, you honestly might end up paying 100% of your creditors. The benefit of filing bankruptcy, even if you're in that situation where you just, you make really good money, you have a lot of stuff but you have a lot of expenses, is when you file the interest on your debt stops, Mm -hmm. the penalties on your debt stops, and you can just pay it as it is as of that day. And it's usually over several years that you pay it back. Someone who doesn't have the income to support that might get in and out of a bankruptcy in three to four years. So that's why I say every person is different. Every situation is different. But uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, Basically, I was asking you about how is it possible to clear debt before they go into more medical debt. Yeah, and that's a huge strategy that we use a lot of times. Well, it sounds like there's a lot to this. I mean, there's so many factors of debt. There's credit card, there's student loans, there's cars, there's medical debt, there's mortgages. Um, A lot of that I'd like to hit in another podcast. Yeah. um, Because 
it's it's really intense the information that you're sharing it is Um, it's a lot to take in in a few minutes yeah and so I do want to share like I have so little to offer here (laughs) like I really really do Um, but I do have this like one piece of advice and I'd actually like to hear your feedback on it this is a little trick that a client taught me um, that I've actually used in my own life which has been amazing so maybe you'll teach me oh yeah we'll see okay so um for years I have photographed um permanent scars uh that people have incurred from medical malpractice and or you know auto accidents or whatever for personal injury attorneys and I'm just gonna say right up front I am not a litigious person I am not somebody where the first thing out of my mouth is gonna be oh you should sue (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. I, that is not my style yeah. um, and so I was approached back in 2007 by a sister law firm of yours that we love Catherine Briggs and Greenberg downtown yes. we so, have a relationship with them as well we love them yeah so uh, attorney Tim Salvatore uh, had approached me I was very early in my career and um, he said we've used the same photographer for years and uh, we've expected him to retire so I got your card a year or two ago and have held on to it. He's now retired. I want to work with you. And I'm in my 20s. And he looked at me and he said, do you know how to take legal photos? And I said, no. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to teach you. And yeah. this is how you're going to do it for us. Yeah. Um, so I, I, at first, like my stomach kind of turned. I was like, I am, I am, I'm hardcore. I do not believe in trying to take advantage of other people. Um, you know, somebody gets hot coffee and spills it on themselves. Well, that's your own Ugh, silliness. That's such a um, heartbreaking case. Yeah, I know. So um, yeah, I, I, pers- I, I morally had an issue with that. And then what happened is they sent in client after client after client um, of people whose lives had been destroyed. Yeah. And none of those people were going after the doctors. And none of those people were going after the people who hurt them in accidents. If they were hurt in accidents or on the job, they weren't going after their employers. They were going after the insurance companies who were refusing to pay for their medical bills. And I just, I would sit with people and cry. Um, you know, they would tell me how, you know, they had become alcoholics because their lives were destroyed. They'd lost their marriages. They'd lost their families because of the enormous medical debt that they had. I'm actually starting to like tear up a little thinking of some of these people. Um, I mean, it's just, it's it's incredible. It really, it was some of the most profound work I've ever done photographing people's scars because every time it happened, um, you know, you have this raw moment with somebody, you know, when somebody has something happen to them medically, whether they're choosing or, or whether it happens to them or they don't feel like they're in control of their bodies. Yeah. And there are some things wrong and they just, they don't know. There's nothing that reduces you more and makes you feel more vulnerable. Um, so I would have these incredible human connections with these clients that would come in. And every time somebody walked out the door, it just reminded me to be thankful and to feel so blessed because you you talk to somebody and their life can change in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, I mean, we started this conversation to talk about, you know, if you're choosing to take on and you're planning um, to undergo medical procedures, but we all know we're all human, stuff happens. You know, in a heartbeat, we could leave here and be in a car accident and who knows, you know, what can happen to you. Yeah. So anyway, um, one of the things that happened is I had a client that came in the door and she just, people love to share. 
And it was one of the most incredible debt things I had ever learned. And she said, do you know you don't have to pay your, your whole medical bill? I'm going to teach you something. And she had said with her first husband, he had been very ill. And they had, like, they had chronically ill. They had taken on medical debt from him for years. And she was very conservative financially. She didn't believe in interest. She didn't believe in debt. She didn't want to put things on her credit card. Um, and she was able to manage the medical bills for a few years. And then it just became too much. And she broke down and she called the financial department. She called the billing and said, I need to do the payment plan that you always offer on my bill. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that would terrify me I mean, to, to take on that interest and that debt. And she was like, no, 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 no. There is no interest <laughs> if you pay on a payment plan. And she's like, this is the trick. They want money. Even if it's not all their money, they want money. Yeah. So most of the time she would call and say, I have a $100, even like as small as a $100 bill or a $1,000 bill or a $10,000 medical bill. She would tell them, I can't pay for this up front. I need to do a payment plan. And what happens is you can actually set the terms of your payment plan. Even if you have a $100 bill and you say, I can only afford $20 a month, it's gonna take me five months to pay this medical bill. Um, They are so excited oftentimes on the other end to just get you to pay anything versus like drawing out your payment plan. A lot of times they will turn around and offer, well, can we reduce your medical bill in half if you pay for it right now? Yep. And that blew me away. And I just, I just stood there because I get, I feel like I get a little dense with this sometimes and I get nervous and I don't want to accrue more interest. I I don't want to hurt my credit. I feel like my mother's nodding along to everything that we talk about in these podcasts because she always told me the most important thing you'll ever have is your credit. Um, And she said, there's no interest ever. You set the payment plan, um, and it's never going to affect your credit as long as you keep paying. And so what I've done, I've done that with most medical bills. Um, A lot of my friends in this community know because it happened right after a trans conference. Actually, I was away in Atlanta at a conference and started having pain in my stomach, came back and had an appendectomy. I remember. Yep. So (laughs) the um, the doctor was like, were you moving furniture around? I was like, no, I was carrying camera equipment for several days. (laughs) And she's like, I think you have a hernia. So sent me for a CAT scan. And she's like, nope, nope, it's your appendix and you're going right now. Um, and it's scary when you have like a sudden medical bill like that. And my medical bills were coming in and I kept thinking this, I'm done now. I've gotten two or three bills from, I got a bill from the surgeon and I got a bill from the hospital and I got a bill from the lab. I'm like, I have to be done at this point. And then I get a bill from the anesthesiologist. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had known this woman's trick but it had been so long since I had gone to the doctor, I forgot about it. So I started paying my bills in full. And then by the time the anesthesiologist bill came in, I'm like, oh my God, woman, remember, you don't have to pay for this in full. Yeah. So I picked up the phone and I called billing and it was like over $1,000. And I said, hey, I need to do a payment plan. And they were like, could you pay 500 now? Yeah. I'm like, yep, yeah. I can do that. Absolutely. Versus paying $1,000 <laughs> over the course of a year, I can pay 500 now. Yeah. And now I remember that for every single bill. Any bill that I get, even if it's $100, I call. And I will say, in my experience, they don't always offer. 
Yeah. So I just call every month and I just, and I'm just honest. I just call and I say, hey, are you doing any special offers if I pay this bill off today? And sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say no. If they say no, I'm like, okay, I'll pay my $25. Yeah. Then I call the next month and like have the same conversation. And it's just, you're talking to somebody in customer service. You're talking to a human being. You're not talking to the doctor who's like, no, give me all my money. You're, You're talking to another person that probably has medical debt where they're like, yeah, we're running a deal right now. We can wipe that for you. Yeah. Um, and it, the fact that it doesn't affect your interest or credit, I mean, it's that was a life-changing lesson that I learned. Yeah. Is everything I'm saying accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Medical good. bills are not my biggest concern, to be honest. Uh, they rarely go on the credit report. Very rarely. If they are even if it's in the tens of thousands, even if it's in the tens of thousands, they okay. rarely go on the credit report. If it is very old and they sell it to a collection agency, at that point, the collection agency might put it onto the credit report. So if you are not going to come to me, if you're not going to have uh, a lot of other medical bills, a lot of other credit card debts, or other financial issues you need to resolve, go ahead and hop on that medical bill as soon as you can, get on the payment plan, see what kind of deals they have, I know one of the big entities around here, they'll give you a 10% discount if you pay it in the first 30 days. Well, a lot of people can't do that. So wait the 30 days, then call. Say, I want to start making my payments. No creditor can actually dock your credit report until your payment is 60 days late. And it really resounds with creditors when they don't get your payment immediately by the initial due date. They're... um, especially you're talking about the person who answers the phone Mm -hmm. they're working for a reason they're going to an eight to five job just like a lot of us they are customer service so talk to them tell them exactly what you said i can't afford to pay this in full let me get on a reasonable payment plan they might have a special running who knows Um, Medical bills are not what I would file someone into bankruptcy for if that's all they had, if it was reasonable. Listen, if you owe a million dollars in medical bills, you're going to be making a payment for the rest of your life. Don't do it. It's probably worth it more to file bankruptcy, depending on what else you have out there, to be honest. Like, get past it, because Mm -hmm. you'll be done with that in, depending on what chapter you file, three to four months or three to five years. If you owe a million dollars and you're making a payment of $100 a month, you're going to be doing that until you die and then some. So it really depends on the situation, but you're absolutely right. Medical bills are easier to work with. Uh, Honestly, I'll get people who come to me for one credit card lawsuit in the small claims court. They owe $3,000 on an old credit card bill. Even that, I can call the law firm on the other side and say, let's get them on a payment plan and they'll take a hundred or so dollars a month and stop the interest on that. They even have a judgment so you can get, against them. You can get them to stop the interest on a credit card. Absolutely. Okay. And so this is we're later. talking about that next. Yeah. This is la- <laughs> but I'm, yeah. but medical bills are even easier because mm-hmm. y- they do not go on the credit report most likely ever. It's wow. credit cards are automatically on there. Mortgages are automatically on there. Uh, auto loans automatically on there. 
Medical bills, no. Honestly, legal fees most likely will not go on your credit report. (laughs) (laughs) Set up a payment plan. Mm -hmm. You know, entities like us, professional entities, we'd rather just, like you said, get some sort of payment. We don't want to break your bank. We're here to provide a service, but we still have to get paid for it. So our bread and butter our payment plans. People who are making $20 payments a month on their legal fees, same thing at your doctor's office. That's mm-hmm. their bread and butter. That's what keeps them running. And we don't want to break you because you you need our service, mm-hmm. but we need to get paid too. So that's exactly, I, I compare attorneys to doctors a lot because we also have the same business model. Unless it's very old, and we don't think you're ever going to call us and make a plan, we might send it to a collection agency and let them deal with it just so we can recoup some of our loss. Same thing on medical bills. Jump on it pretty early. Get on a reasonable payment plan. Honestly, if someone were to call me and talk to me about their bill, I will probably cut cut it in half without even taking another breath. Wow. It's uh, We are here to help, and so are the medical professionals but everyone needs to keep in mind that's what we're doing is helping but we need to get paid too so bankruptcy there is no payment and that's okay because there are insurance payments that keep medical facilities afloat you filing bankruptcy is not going to cause them to file bankruptcy but if you can avoid it if i can see that when i look at your financial situation i'm not going to have you file bankruptcy if it's not worth it to you if you can get on a reasonable payment plan or get a deal where they're cutting your bill in half and you don't have to file bankruptcy absolutely that's the direction that we're going to go in that's fantastic Um, Well, Haley, thank you so much for being on the show today. Next up on our next podcast, I feel like we're definitely going to be keeping you on like every single week just bringing in tips. Um, I have enough information. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So um, (laughs) next time we talk, I want to talk about credit card debt. Um, But for right now, for for our listeners, if you need somebody um, to help you with your money, with your debt, anything like that, you want to talk to an expert who is a kind-hearted, beautiful-souled person, and you're in the state of Pennsylvania, um, you can call Haley Rohrbaugh. If you are not in the state of PA, you can call Haley anyway because she will help you find somebody in your area that is trustworthy. Because when we talk about on our next podcast, when we talk about credit cards, I also want to go into these companies that you mentioned that are like, you hear them on TV and the radio, the debt consolidation guys. It's just, they sound slimy. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. But for right now, Haley, um, if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners how to get in touch with you. Absolutely. So my direct line that goes straight to my desk is 717-718-8336. And my email, which is 24-7, is hrohrbaugh, R-O-H-R-B-A-U-G-H, at cgalaw.com. And the phone number again is 717-718-8336. Haley, thanks so much for having us. 